Thank you for listening to Namat's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. When you look at these pictures, you get a sense of what black life was like. Some of them look pretty prosperous. Divine Providence was clearly operating in the lives of black Americans. Throughout history, black folks were honorable. They had integrity. That's what black people were. We were never taught that America was bad and that we were not Americans. We were raised to love America. Protesters topple a statue of Christopher Columbus and hundreds of statues have been vandalized. You see people trying to rewrite history. The American people know these names have to go. Why is that? Whenever you have something to be proud of, people have less of a chance of controlling you. This country is racist from top to bottom, from right to left. And for black people to become a part of that is for them to become, in fact, anti-black and to hate themselves. There is no country in this world that a black person would rather be. Unless, of course, they grow up in this country. You broke the contract for 400 years. We played Then they're fed a lie that is so deceptive. The reason that that lie exists is power. There are certain people who are using the Negro in order to establish that power in Washington. And the Negro is just merely a pawn in a game that's bigger than he is. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Pekovich, and this is episode number 455. Releasing August 26 on digital and DVD is Uncle Tom 2, An American Odyssey. A follow-up to the 2020 documentary Uncle Tom, the further explores the history of Black conservatism in America while also exposing the destructive influence of Marxism within the country's institutions an eye-opening and unflinching exploration into the key figures and moments in history that has led modern-day America to a spiritual and political crossroads. Uncle Tom 2 is an important film as you'll watch this year. And joining me now to talk about the film Uncle Tom 2 is the film's director, Justin Malone. Justin, I thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So, you know, it's really interesting because it's been two years since the first Uncle Tom documentary came out. It's kind of wild to me because it only feels like yesterday. I'm sure for yourself, Justin, it, it might feel like that as well. Um, and I actually had the chance to um, interview um, the um, film's uh, producer, um, Larry Yoder, um, when that film came out, which was, uh, for me, like one of the great highlights of, of my career thus far. Um, and that was a movie that I think for a lot of people, um, and I mean, in particular, from what I've read in, in different comments and reviews, was something kind of like a, of a red pill moment for a lot of kind of like um, African Americans. 
um, who didn't know some of the, the context and some of the history in regards to um, conservatives within the black community. What, ha- was, ha- what has been the experience for you um, since that documentary has come out? Because it is, a, it is a documentary that I think took some people by surprise and also I think um, has influenced a lot of people to dive further into the history in on, uh, black conservatism in America. Well, for, for me, um, professionally, it, it opened a lot of doors. You know, we didn't expect um, the reaction um, that, it, that it received. And um, so, you know, the, the, the good part about all that is that it allowed me to keep making films. And so, I mean, as a filmmaker, that's, you know, the dream is to be able to, to keep making uh, films. Um, but, you know, just as far as, you know, the journey for me, uh, spiritually and, um, it has been, um, incredible, you know, I mean, I, I never thought that I would go this deep into this subject matter and I've learned so much about myself, so much about our country. Um, I've met so many amazing people on the way. So it, it's really been life-changing, and I, I don't say that uh, lightly. It really has changed my life um, in pretty much every aspect. So it's it's been incredible, and um, I'm really enjoying it. You know, it's it's you know I don't I don't know how I ended up on this journey. I was curious about it, and and now I've gotten so deep into the subject matter. Um, so I'm just doing what's in front of me, and um, I'm enjoying it. I really am. So when this, when the first film came out, we're talking about middle of 2020, Uncle Tom 2 comes after some really crazy monumental times within the history of not only modern America, but the, but the, but the Western world, hell, hell even the, 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 the globe at large. I mean, outside of, you know, the whole COVID pandemic, we've had the 2022 election, We've had the, the riots and so many things leading up to that. Now comes this documentary. And I think what's kind of like just important to me when watching the film is that the movie really does go down avenues and really kind of challenges narratives that I think have been really embedded within not only academia, um, not only in, in pop culture, but just like in just the the, the zeitgeist, just just in mainstream Western world. I mean, how important was it for yourself as a filmmaker and also along with your producers to really kind of dive deep into the seeds of what we're of of a lot of the destructive influence that I, I believe we're seeing right now? Because because I think a lot of the stuff that you're talking about in Uncle Tom too. Um, in regards to the infiltration of kind of like uh, Marxism through a lot of the, the institutions in America has really led up to a lot of the kind of like the uh, destruction and also the kind of like the um, the erosion of kind of like the spiritual life of, of, of America that um, we're seeing right now in front of us. Yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, as I was getting towards the end of, of completing two, you know, it was, it became an American odyssey. I mean, that was the, this, the, the subtitle that 
I chose for the film because, you know, this started on a, on a black conservative kind of curiosity, but, you know, going into two, um, initially I thought we were going to expand on one because there was so much material that, you know, I had left over that was great. But as we really like got, got going on it, I really started learning things that I had had no idea about. And so I would say about a year in to part two, um, I kind of decided to, you know, go backwards and, 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 you know, wanted to make the film, uh, uh, to explain the foundation of these worldviews because what, you know, what I was realizing is uh, how many people don't know what Marxism is, how many people don't know American history or world history. Um, when you start learning about some of these, these atrocities, and you, you know, like for instance, like we never learned about Mao in high mm. school, which is crazy. I mean, that's, he's a, he's a major historical figure and, you know, and, and, you know, Stalin and, and, and Lenin and Marx, you don't really learn about these. I mean, um, we learn about Adolf Hitler almost every year, it seems, but you have these other, you know, historical figures that you don't really, uh, learn about. And so, you know, I had a lot, a lot of red meat, uh, material, but I decided um, because I was, I was pretty sure that there was going to be another installment, um, because the material and the, the, the amount of content that we, we have, there was no way I was going to get it all in a second film. So I decided like, let's go back and let's, let's just explain these worldviews to people and let's, ex you know, let's, let's show American history, um, for what it really is and for what it really was. Um, and when it came to black American history, you know, through our research, we just, you know, uncovered a treasure trove of amazing footage uh, that's just buried in archives um, of an American that I've never seen. You know, when it, when it came to black uh, America, when we were taught about black America in school, it was uh, slavery. Mm -hmm. um, it was Jim Crow. It was oppression. It was protest. So, you know, growing up in the 90s and like being in that generation, you just assume that, you know, black people have never been able to uh, lift themselves up. But then, you know, when you find lots and lots of photographs and I'm talking, we found thousands of photographs and hundreds of hours of home film, home movies and films that showed. Um, an America that we'd never seen. And that's when it really started, you know, sinking in for me of how deceptive um, some of these uh, ideologies are. And, you know, our lives are such a short amount of time that it's, you know, it only takes a generation or two to rewrite history. And I actually went back and read 1984 during the production of uh, Uncle Tom too. And it was, I mean, it was so amazing uh, what Orwell was writing about mm. um, and, and what the main character, Winston, his whole job was to rewrite history in real time. Right. 
Yeah. And so a lot, so, I mean, what started as a curiosity of why black conservatives were treated negatively in America has turned into, you know, flipping my entire reality upside down. Well, it's really interesting when, when I'm watching that documentary and just in, in listening to, to what you're talking about is that when I myself have somewhat of a um, context in regards to, to communism in that my parents migrated to Australia from Croatia or what was the former Yugoslavia. So they've always told me stories about, you know, their experiences with living under communist rule. So I think there are sections within the community, both here in Australia and, and I'm not sure in America, um, immigrants that would have come from Eastern European countries, that would have come from Latin American countries, um, that would have, did have experience with the whole kind of like um, uh you know, Marxism and the communist experience and would have seen the t- telltale signs of what that looks like. Uh, for other people, though, um, it, it would not be as obvious. And I think what's really important about your documentary is that it kind of shows this kind of like this infiltration um, within, especially within the black community. But not only, you know, it's really interesting. A lot of times when people talk about um, uh, the black community in Australia, in, in, um, in America, um, a lot of times their starting point is the um, civil rights era of the 1960s. But your documentary, I think the soul of your documentary comes down to a couple of key figures in the early 1900s. Um, and the two people I'm talking about is um, Booker T. Washington and um, W.B. Um, uh, Dubois. Um, and I think those two figures especially kind of really, even to, to this day, like over a hundred years later really speaks to the kind of the struggle that's happening within that community. Would that be fair to say that those two figures, especially um, really kind of personify um, the different clashing ideologies that is happening uh, within uh, the black community in America. And it's essentially almost like um, fighting for the soul of that community at the moment. Well, I would even, I would even say that it's the two different, you know, worldviews that affect every human. And I think, I think, you know, the reason why we spend so much time um, with Booker T and with, with the boy in the film is because there's really no clearer example of the two worldviews. Because, I mean, if, if, you, if you peel it back far enough, you know, you have to make a choice. Uh, you know, you're going to follow, you know, you, you're going to follow God or you're going to follow man. Yeah. there's an order or it's chaos. I mean, you, you can get convoluted and you get in the weeds with it, but if you just go back, you know, far enough, you're going to have to, um, that, that's your, basically your two choices in, in my opinion. And those two men uh, personify that so clearly. And I, and I think, so it's not just about what happened to the black community. Um, I, I think, you know, what uncle Tom does is it, it, it zooms in on the black community in America to illustrate. Now you could make the same film um, about, you know, uh, you know, feminism or LGBTQ, or you could even go to some of the Eastern European countries, you know, that, that your family's from, and you can make the film about, you know, the poor versus poor versus the rich, but it, it, it all comes down to um, what is your worldview and what has happened in America and, you know, keep in mind, I didn't know who Booker T. Washington was until I had already started Uncle Tom 1. 
Mm. You know, I'd heard the name. I'd, I'd seen, you know, the name on some schools here and there. So it's like the name was familiar, but I had no idea um, what an amazing human being uh, Booker T. Washington was. And I was uh, Colonel Allen West after I interviewed him the first time for part one. He gave me a signed uh, copy of Up From Slavery. And I read it twice. I read it back to back. And I can say that that book, you know, is one of, you know, it changed me. Right. And and then I'm like, why do they not teach us about Booker T. Washington? Because in my opinion, he's one of the top five Americans ever. I mean, hmm. his story is just incredible. You know, born a slave, you know, you know, just through through determination, taught himself how to read and built a university from the ground up and really changed the whole um, direction of an entire race of people. Um, and he has all but been erased. And so I think what if people will come to Uncle Tom, too, with an open mind, they're going to see proof um, that this worldview um, was, was bearing fruit and, and there was results um, coming, coming out of it. And in my opinion, that's why this footage is buried in archives because if, you know, like Chad Jackson says in the film, it's like, whenever you have something to be proud of, people have less of a, 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 you know, they, they, they can't control you as easily in order to control someone, you have to, you know, make them, afraid and 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 feel um despair you know and so i think if people you know know booker t washington's story it's very empowering and so um yeah i i think that th those those two men um really are the choices and i think that you get you know and i think what uncle tom too shows you is the results of both of their worldview very mm. clearly the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by TeePublic. TeePublic is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, TeePublic is sure to have something you love. I think something else that really comes up really prominently in the movie is this battle between um, God and government. And it's really interesting that, you know, something I've always commented to myself when it came to these past couple of years and this new form of activism um, through Black Lives Matter, um, to, to make a, a very uh, obvious example, is there is a distinct lack of a spirituality, of a Christianity that was very prominent um, within previous um, incarnations of political activism uh, within the Black community. Um, and I think there's a quote in Uncle Tom 2 where um, it seems like the Black community have lost their anchor, which is very much the church, which is very much the teachings of Jesus Christ. And Black Lives Matter is very much, um, and a lot of people, I believe, know this now, um, very heavily influenced by socialist teaching. Um, the, the people behind it are Marxists and they use Marxist strategies to, um, to kind of like um, grab power 
um, which they, they have done rather successfully through a lot of institutions. How important do you think it is that the eradication of God, the eradication of the church, especially the eradication of the family within the Black community has kind of led to what we're seeing uh, right now? Because I think that above everything else, that right there is the, the prominent and most important aspect of what we're seeing right now in regards to this kind of like this precipice uh, for the fight of the soul of a nation. Well, I mean, you have to remove God because, you know, God gives people, you know, hope. He gives people purpose. Uh, he gives the world order. And so, I mean, Mark's his first, uh, you know, goal was to dethrone God. And in, in, in his own writings, he, he admits this. And, you know, the, the, the deception of this, this ideology is so pervasive. Um, you, you know, Mark's new scripture, um, if you read Mark's, like he's very familiar with the Gospels. He's very familiar with scripture um, as well as Saul Alinsky, uh, you know, as well as Antonio Gramsci. Like these were very educated, intelligent men, and they understood the power of the Gospels. They understood the power of scripture. And so they use, you know, those writings and, 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 and that message and they, you know, they, they twist it. And, and in a way, that is really where America was, was taken. Because, you know, if you go back to the 40s and the 50s, you'll see that there was a lot of anti-communist uh pro-America propaganda that was being produced. And if you watch these films, and if you even watch news reels from that time, uh, America was very uh, aware of communism. Uh, they, they knew what it was, that, and, and they understood um, the threat that it was. But over time, you know, generation by generation, that gets, you know, we get dumbed down and, and we're not, and we're not aware of, of what it is to the point now where, you know, kids don't even really know who, like we, at the beginning of this conversation, you don't even know who these people are. Mm. Um, but America, you know, was built on Christian principles. I mean, the constitution, those are, it was written on, you know, biblical principles and in order for, you know, this ideology to take hold in a society like ours, they had to get into the church and you know i i that is why uh when we look at the 1960s and you look at the the civil rights movement um a lot of it was based in the church and they knew that they had to get in there because that's where people were and that's where you start changing the gospel to a social gospel and once you start learning this uh ideology you start getting familiar with the language you can start to hear it. And now it's, it's not just in the black community. It's, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. You know, I mean, the American, the American church is completely divided right now. Um, and that's by design, you know, that, that is by design. Um, I think I went off on a tangent there, but no, yes, I mean, as far as when America, when America was overwhelmingly Christian, um, that is what built this country. I mean, that, it, you know, that's what makes America unique is that, you know, it was that, it was that God 
you know, given rights, God given purpose. It was, it was those Western Christian ideas that built this country. And, you know, that's why we invented the automobiles and, and airplanes and refrigerators and cinema. I mean, you just name it. it, it a lot of things came out of uh, America because in my opinion, that, that was that, that little moment in history where, where, um, people were living a Christian lifestyle for, for the most part. And now we're seeing a hundred years, 120 years of this cancer that's been thrust upon us. And now we're seeing the fruit of that. And it, it seems to me that in a lot of ways, and I, and I, and I've said this, I said this quite a bit sometimes in my, um, in my interviews is that it seems to me that pop culture in a certain way has become kind of like the new religion and I think you can really see that in a way that um, a lot of times how, and I think it happens quite a bit in the, in the black community in America, especially is how a lot of um, pop culture kind of like um, people are kind of kind of like de- um, are kind of like deedified. Um, they're kind yeah. of like made to look like you know take the place of you know pro- the prophets and the saints. I mean, it's interesting how in the film we're showing kind of like different murals and in different. Um, uh, imagery of people like say a George Floyd or or other people as well and almost made to look kind of look like kind of like the pictures of saints in kind of like glass stained buildings and and it kind of reminds me in a certain way I don't know if you remember this I maybe I think you and I are around the same age during the 90s when when Tupac Shakur got killed um he was kind of deified in the same way to the point where people <laughs> with a whole kind of Machiavelli kind of stuff is kind of like this kind of like almost urban um, myth that he might rise from the dead and be resurrected just like Jesus Christ. I think like this kind of stuff is really going to be embedded all the way back then. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that, and that's just, you know, the more, I mean, and that comes, goes with every historical figure. And that, that's why, you know, the idea of civil rights leaders, right? Like black leaders. I mean, there's really not any other, um, group of people in America that are so reliant upon leaders, right? I mean, everyone's a leader. And then a lot of the leaders are reverends, right? Reverend Martin Luther King, Reverend Jesse Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, Reverend Al Sharpton. Um, you can look those men up and you won't find videos or recordings of them preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, but the thing is, is, as humans, you know, we, you know, we have to, we have to read uh, the Bible ourselves. We have to study these things ourselves because I think, you know, humans tend to get lazy and, you know, once you remove um, God from someone and once someone doesn't understand scripture, they still have that vacancy in their heart. And they still have that desire to be led and that's going to be filled. And I mean, depending on how like, you know, religious you are, how spiritual you want to get, I mean, that's basically what happens time and time again. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, that's the human story, right? It's like, you know, you know, God, humans, you know, they fall on their knees, they call for God, they follow God, things go good when things go good, they don't need God anymore. Mm. And that's the cycle, you know? And, you know, I think we're just, and again, like our lives are so short, but I think we're seeing that cycle happen in America right now in the world at large. I mean, you're in Australia, right? Yes. 
I mean, your country is going through some stuff too. You know? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean we've we've <laughs> recently had a, a an election, and our new uh, newly appointed prime minister has chosen not to swear upon the Bible upon being sworn in into um into office. Um, and you know, it's not the first time we've had an atheist prime minister, but I think what's really happening within our country that's similar to what's happening in America is that our political leaders are kind of like seen as kind of like these kind of um, uh, like surrogates for what would be um, previously been our, our priests and our preachers and people within our community that had a, you know, they had a strong kind of spiritual backbone and context. I think a lot of people are replacing that with politicians and celebrity figures. And so exactly the same thing is happening here. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at it, I mean, it's like you, it's very similar. Like you, you have your disciples and your apostles who, who write the gospels and, 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 and write scripture. Well, if you go to the other side, I mean, Marx and the manifesto and Engels, and then you even get into modern day with Alinsky and rules for radicals. Mm. I mean, that is, that is scripture to a lot of people. I mean, that is their Bible, right? Um, that's what they look to uh, for their answers. So it's, it's, again, it's, it's a stolen, one of the lines of the film is, you know, what communism and humanism and Marxism, you know, it's a stolen version of Christianity, Mm. you know, but, but it removes God, but it's, it, it, it promises people, you know, to fulfill that, uh, that desire in the heart to see all things made right. And that's the deception that that's why it's, you know, so hard to fight because, you know, you're, you're fighting something that that's very deceptive. Uh, and it's, it's an idea that is very good on paper, you know, and that's why you can, you can sell it in 10 minutes and, you know, it, it can take, you know, two years and 4,000 hours of editing to, to make a film, to explain what is going on. Well, for everyone out there listening, August 26th, Uncle Tom 2 and American Odyssey releases both uh, streaming and also DVD. You can go to uncletom.com. Um, that's the official website. And there we'll have links uh, to where you can pre-order the film, where you can catch screenings as well, and a lot of other cool things. And also, um, uh, you know, Justin, you got the first Uncle Tom film available for free for people to watch, which I think is, just, is excellent. It's a really cool, cool way to, for people to really introduce themselves um, to kind of like um, uh, the movie and, and a lot of the key figures uh, within the Black conservative movement. Um, but I, I think that what, you, what we've done here with the second movie, um, not only is it important to um, for a lot of, you know, the Black community in America, but I think it's important for everyone to watch it because a lot of these themes, as we, we've talked about, are very much universal. Um, and I, it, I think a lot of the things here have been incredibly illuminating to me, um, watching it and, and learning about these unspoken parts of history and challenging very conventional narratives that you do in your documentary, I think is an incredible, incredibly important thing. And I think your documentary is, I, I, I it's, ha, has to be a must watch for, for everyone to watch it, I think, because I do believe that the soul, not only of, of a nation in America is being fought right now, but I think the soul of the Western world is, is, is as well. Um, so this documentary is an incredibly important tool for a lot of people to find a lot of resources and information that they might not have known beforehand. And it's an incredibly, incredibly well-made film as well. The archive footage, the photography, I love the music in it as well. Um, it's 
it's a fantastic documentary. I love the first Uncle Tom movie. The second one I absolutely love as well. And Justin Malone, I thank you so very much for your time today. And congratulations with the film. I wish you the best of luck with its um, release. Thank you, Matt. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, look forward to speaking with you soon, sir. <laughs>